we are coming very close to the end of the book of James in our series called The Awakening. And as we're getting closer to the end, James is beginning to capture everything that he's told us at this point, and he's bringing it together. And I hope through this that there's been some depth added to you in your understanding of life in this world, in your understanding of God, in your understanding of yourself. And I hope that James has, when he's pressed in on you, to change and become more of who you've been made to become. I hope that's happened. And today we're talking about facing suffering. In our verses today, he's taking this. Our understand, I mean, James has been talking about this for a while, since the beginning. He talked about having joy in the midst of pain and suffering and trials, and he's continued to weave that through everything he's been saying, and he's been telling us about God, and he's been telling us about ourselves and the world, and he's bringing it all together. And today is kind of his last effort to bring all of this together so that you might become who you're made to become. And so think of this today, though this is at the end of the series, it's, his, it's really, he's pressing in, like this is your last shot. He's been telling you this and telling you this, and now it's time for you to hear his words, take them very seriously, and then be changed by them. And so before I read these verses, I want to remind you of the setting. Last week we saw James writing into a culture where wealthy, corrupt people were taking advantage of the poor. And James lays something out that throughout history, he calls it the last days, and what he's explaining to us is that no matter who you are, here's the deal. You live in this world, and you're going to experience pain, suffering, loss, heartbreak, death. There's no, no way to escape it. It's coming. And today he teaches us how to face that. So what will you do? Will you curl up into a ball, fall down into a pit and never come out? Will you remain a victim and will you wallow in that misery? And, or will you come out? And, and here's what this means. It's implying that there is a way out of the trials and the pain and the suffering that you're going through. Not that you don't have the trials, But there's a way for you to come up out of the pit when you go through it. And today he gives you the tools of how to get out. And I'm telling you guys this, like if you have not suffered in your life, you are going to do what Darren said earlier and close your ears to this. And I'm telling you, you better keep them wide open because today is an important day for you if you have not suffered because at some point it's going to come. And you need to have the tools and better yet, the person necessary to bring you up out of the pit. And what James is telling us is, here's the tools that don't teach you how to pick yourself up, but here's the tools that when you are down on your back, how to lift up and take the hand of Christ and have him pull you up out of the suffering and the pain and the trials that you're going through. And, and it's this. Here's what he's saying to you today. Yes, Maybe you're going through it right now, and yes, maybe your life is bad. But you have Christ, the great treasure of the world. He is yours, and you are his, and he will not let you go. 
So yes, you are a victim in this world, but that doesn't have to be the end of your story. Yes, you have done some horrible things in your life, but that doesn't have to be what defines you. And yes, you are going to suffer. Yes, you're going to go through pain. You're going to go through loss. You're going to go through heartbreak. But those things don't have to define you. Your brokenness does not have to define who you are. James is saying your identity is someone who has been rescued. So live like someone who has been rescued, is being rescued, and will one day be fully rescued. So that's our setting. That's your mindset. Let me read our verses. James 5, 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits For the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. All right. How do you face trials? How do you face suffering? Steps today. We're going to give you steps. And these steps are helping you take hold of the hand of Christ. So step one, when you're in pain, when you're suffering, when your heart has been broken, when you're wondering where in the world God is in the midst of it all, James says, hope. And all of you to some degree are suffering. All of you to some degree are experiencing trials because this world is not your home. Things are not the way they're meant to be. So if you don't think you're suffering, you're not dreaming enough about the way the world ought to be and the way you ought to be because if you set your imagination upon that, you become very dissatisfied with the way things are. So step one, what do you do? You hope. And the great Christian hope is the coming of the Lord. Now what's that mean? That means there's going to come a day when Christ the King returns, when He makes all things right. In Ephesians 1.10, we are told that when He unites everything to Himself, He will make all things new. And in Revelation, we're given a picture of what that looks like. The picture is there's no hurting, death, pain, Every tear has been wiped away as if it's never happened, though it has. And the way it's described is that there will be a fire that comes upon our world and burns up everything that is not good and right. The same way that James spoke about earliest in this letter that he wrote to us, where he talks about you, and he says, You will face trials. He says, Think of yourself as gold. And think of the trials as fire. And when you put gold through fire, it melts off anything that isn't gold, any impurity, and the gold comes out refined and perfect and beautiful. The same way you, when you face trials, are being refined. And you come out of the fiery trials 
as gold. Well, now James is saying, look at all the earth. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be, it's, it's not that you are going to be floating around in heaven as some disembodied spirit, but at some point, the, the, the fulfillment of all things, heaven, actually descends down to earth. And the two become woven together as one. And when that happens, a fiery trial, before it all comes, there's this fire that burns away everything that's not as it's meant to be. It happens to the earth. And so here's, here's, the, here's the world that's being created at this point. So, so just think about this. I want you to think about Christ. Think about everything that is to come. Think about what he's done. So here's how you think of it. Go back. So now, here's what's happening. You are hearing whispers. You are hearing rumors of a king who has already come. And the world put hope in him. He was the one that was going to make all things new. Only they thought he was coming to deal with political powers, though he did, but really he came to deal with all of sin and death. And so he went to a cross and died. There's a story that I love to tell about the Admiral Jim Stockdale. He and his men were captured in war and made war prisoners. And many of them died... But many of them also lived. And he explains these men. And he explains those who died and why they died. And those who lived and why they lived. And he says those who lived did two things. They never stopped hoping. But at the same time, they always dealt with the brutal facts. That they're going to be in there for a while. And he said the people who died, either one, one set of people that died, they gave up hope in the beginning. They said, what's the point? We're not getting out. And so they just gave up and they died. The other group that died, died because they didn't deal with the brutal facts. The way we're thinking about it is they didn't have the patience to endure the suffering. And so this first group said, we're never getting out. They gave up hope from the beginning. And what that means for you is that you have to deal with the reality that you will suffer in this world. And if you don't hope, it will begin the slow fade where you are over a period of time being more broken and bruised and you're being broken into more and more pieces and the shores of paradise you are sailing away from because you have nothing to hope in. And so you keep getting further and further and further away from everything that you want and you've dreamed of. Don't think that a lack of hope isn't robbing you right now of life, peace and of joy because it is don't give up hope second thing he told them to do or he told us that they didn't do was they dealt with the brutal facts which means that they were patient about the reality that they were in this brings us to our second step when you suffer be patient in the suffering so jim stockdale said the the others who lived dealt with the brutal facts and if they didn't deal with the brutal facts here's what this group of people would say that died We will get out tomorrow. They weren't patient in it. And tomorrow would come and go. Or they would say, we'll be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and go. Or they said, we'll be out by Easter. And Easter came and went. And he said, those people died of a broken heart. James is telling us over and over in in these verses to be patient in your suffering. 
The great hope is that he will return, but you don't know when that's going to be, so you have to be patient. And we've all heard the stories, the embarrassing stories even, of people guessing when it's going to come. Every generation seems to think the end is now, it's coming, it's going to be in our generation. And somebody comes out and they they say a date. And everyone starts getting excited about the date. And then the date comes and it goes. And what this has done is it's made this return of Christ, uh, it's made it kind of cheesy and shallow. Because we keep guessing things that we're not meant to be guessing. What we're meant to do is hope. We have to be patient. And if we're not patient, we're going to be like those war prisoners who didn't survive. So we need to hope. Now, and we need to have patience. Why is patience so important? Well, because if you aren't being patient, you're not going to prepare for the next day. Because you think it's going to, one, it either doesn't matter, everything's pointless, or you say, he'll come before then. When When you are patient, you realize something. You have to strengthen yourself today to face tomorrow and its problems. This is our third point. When you are facing suffering, you have to strengthen yourself in the middle of it. So James says in verse 8, Be patient and establish your hearts. Now this word establish, the Greek word for it, He's probably doing a play on words here, James is, because it probably means, he's pro- it means to strengthen, but strengthen in a way that you are rooting yourself in. You're being planted in the ground like a tree that is rooted in the earth that when the fiery, windy trials come, it doesn't blow them over. So earlier, he talked about planting, he talks about farmers and trees, fruit trees. And we live in Florida. Trees blow over all the time when the hurricanes come. Just a few days ago, trees in our neighborhood were blown over because they were newly planted. The problem for these trees is that they didn't have an established root system. So if you aren't patient through suffering, and if you're not hoping, then you're not going to prepare for the future, and you're not going to be able to endure the windy trials when they come. So a good farmer is working tirelessly to make sure that the trees are established. So that means the farmer is going to care for the tree, but the farmer is going to do something else. And you don't want to hear this. The farmer is going to test the tree. What do I mean by that? Well, if a tree is going to be healthy, the farmer has to prune the tree. When a farmer prunes the tree, it's cutting the tree. It's cutting parts of the tree off. It's making the tree suffer a bit. And the purpose of this is to make the tree draw more from the root system. And ultimately what it does is make the tree healthier. So every time you prune a tree, it makes it draw from the root system and it gets healthier in the end. Now watch this. John 15 Jesus tells us that we are the tree. Jesus is the root system, and the Father is the pruner. So, it is God's will right now for you to remain on this earth. You are here. And to walk through this earth is to suffer to some degree. 
But when you walk through this earth, what's happening is as, the, as you're walking, you're being pruned. And as you're being pruned, you're drawing from Christ, the root system, so that you might actually grow and be healthier and stronger. And sometimes the Father is the pruner that does this to you. But he's doing it because he loves you and cares for you and wants you to go running to Christ and be rooted in him. And that makes you grow. James has been saying this throughout the whole letter. And I know we don't want to hear it. We all want to grow, but we don't want to do what's necessary to grow. But what James is saying is if you want to grow, you got to face trials. But when you face them, if you will root yourself into Christ, you are going to find yourself being transformed like you didn't think was possible. And so this is our fourth step. When you face trials, is to draw from Christ. The same way when the tree is getting tested by being pruned, the same way when you are being tested, you have to draw from Christ, and if you do, you're going to find yourself growing. But the farmer has to do some work. The farmer has to care for the soil. And if the soil's not right, if there's not nutrients and minerals in the soil, then the fruit is going to taste like water. It's not going to taste very good. But if the soil is right, the fruit will taste good. And this is your job in all of this, is to get the soil right means the environment is right. And what that means is you've got to put yourself in the right environment. So a farmer will have habits and rhythms that are set in order for the tree to have good soil, to care for the soil. And you have to have good habits and rhythms in your life if you are going to find yourself growing in the midst of trials. And you're doing one of those habits and rhythms right now. You're here. You were out, and you faced what the world was throwing at you. And now you're here. And you're being here, and if you're being intentional... If you're thinking of Christ and you're rooting yourself into him, then you're tapping into your only source of true growth in this life, him. And that means you're going to walk out of here. If you've been intentional about tapping into him, you're going to walk out of here stronger and better able to face the problems of the day. So you come here. You get in a discipleship group where together you guys are trying to figure out how to draw from Christ, how to be rooted into him so that you can face the problems of the day. And you read God's word and you pray. The greatest mistake that people make is that they think they are strong when they are weak. And the greatest mistake you will make is thinking you are strong when you are weak. If a tree thinks it's strong and doesn't need the root system, then when the windy fiery trials come, the tree tips over. The same is true for you. Christians who are trees that look healthy are those who are very aware of their weakness. And so they've realized, I have no other choice but to dig into the root system who is Christ and to connect to him. Prideful people who don't think they need Christ are like a tree without a root system. And when the fire comes, when the trial comes, when the wind comes, they get knocked over. At the church where I used to be before here, there was a beautiful tree in the courtyard. And it would bloom these beautiful yellow flowers. And then a hurricane came and knocked it over. It looked dead. But then something started happening 
this tree started learning how to draw from the few roots that were still left in the ground. And it started coming alive again, and it started bending back up towards the sun. And the same is true for us, where the, the suffering in this world will knock you down. Because the reality is you're not rooted into Christ enough. You know you're not. And the only thing that shows you that is when the trials come. So I could tell you, come on, you got to prepare, you got to prepare, and you're probably not going to do it. And then the trials come, and you get knocked over, and you realize, man, David was right. Should have listened to that wise man, but I didn't. But then what happens is you start learning to draw from Christ more. And then you begin to learn to be bent in the darkness back up towards the light. Everything is about the king and tapping into him who is this root system. And this is step five. When you face or before you face or during facing trials, you have to prepare for the return of the king. Now, why is that important? Why do you need to be prepared for his return? Well, because at the end of all things, when he brings about this new beginning, he's coming as the judge. And he's coming with fire. And he's going to purify this earth and this world. And he does it to refine the world. He does it to melt away everything that's wrong with this world, to do away with hurting, death, and pain, and tears, you know, forest fires are natural. I mean, we set them on accident. Sometimes we do forest fires on purpose, but also they're just a natural thing. And what happens is, during this forest fire, the, the trees that live through it are the trees that are very established, and the ones that don't are ones that are not established, and they're brought to the ground. And then whatever is brought to the ground is, becomes nutrients to those trees that were established that continue to live on. And so the same way, you have to be ready for the day. And you do that so that when he returns, you find yourself rooted in him and established. So that when the fire does come, you live through it. And you are made new, as all things are made new. And then James brings us to the story of Job. Job is a man who was put through the fire, you could say. And he didn't know why he was suffering. We do in the story, but he has no idea why. And he's screaming out to God, why is this happening to me? He's ripping his clothing because he's in such frustration. And he doesn't know what's happening, and he doesn't know where God is in the midst of it, and he does not know what to do. And he feels like everything is just being torn from him. And then after, after it, and through it, he discovers God in a way that he has not yet discovered God. And the same is true for you. When that day comes, I mean, you're facing the trials now, but when the day comes where all things are made new, you're going to have endured it, and then you're going to see him as he is, and you're going to say, okay, I see you, and I know you, and I understand, and I didn't get it before. But now I see the beauty in this. I see the beauty of you bringing beauty up out of the ashes. And, I'm, and I love you. 
you're going to say to him, and he's going to say it back. And somehow, it's going to make everything worth it. You're going to say, I'm finally in paradise, and you, God, are my paradise. But right now, when you face the suffering and it doesn't make sense, you have to do step number six, which is you have to see the king's patience and his own suffering. So when you're facing the trials and nothing makes sense to you, you look at the king who first suffered before you, who went before you, who endured the worst of it, and then on the cross was set on fire and buried underneath the soil of death. And there, underneath the soil of death, he becomes the nutrients that you need in order to live. And when even now, when you feel like you don't have the strength to face the problems that are before you, you begin to draw nutrients from not the dead king, but the resurrected king. And just as he come, came up out of the grave, you come up out of your own suffering grave. And you come up, and somehow you have joy and peace and contentment in the midst of what you're going through because you have him who is life. And not only do you have to see him as the king who has suffered and lived, but now you see him as the king who's being patient. He's standing at the door, it says. But also, standing there at the door, he sees you. And he sees your pain. He sees your broken heart. And he eagerly wants to come to you because he knows exactly what you're going through. He's endured what you've gone through already. He knows what you're feeling. And he knows your heart. And he is eagerly waiting for that door to open up so he could come running back to you and get you and make everything right. He is the king who has lived through it all. So go running to him. The whispers are true. The king is alive and he is everything you need. Let's pray. Father, I know the stories of the people in this room, and I know many are suffering now. I know there's many here that aren't here today because they're in the midst of suffering. God, I pray that your spirit would come and be our comforter, reminding us that this is true, reminding us of our future hope, that somehow, though it is beyond us, it is in the eternal, that by faith we are able to bring it into right now in the temporary and in the present so that we might draw strength from what's in the eternal. So God, as we live in this temporary world, I pray that we would learn the art of drawing from what's in eternity so we might live as those who have every bit of power that is needed to face the sufferings of the day. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.